Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped through the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. And now for this week's message. Oh, thank you. Such a privilege to be here. You may be seated. We just love Cheryl and Dave, and they've become very special friends of ours. So it's a treat being in your church and an honor preaching from your pulpit. It really is. So, well, good morning. You all look so bright and chirpy because it's 9.30. Some services I do are like at 8 o'clock, so you have to, or well, 7.30. I've done 7.30 services, so this is such a good time. Thanks, Cheryl. We can sleep in a bit this morning, which is so good. Anyway, so who of you, you last were here last year and heard me teach a little bit last year? Who's never heard me? Let me do this way around. Who's never heard me speak? just want to gauge who's never heard. Okay. Even those of you that have heard me speak, you don't mind if I repeat a couple of things because I speak uh, super fast. Is that okay? All right. So, because uh, I do think some of the concepts we shared this week, I'm going to weave, it's important to weave into what I say this morning. Who would like to hear a few of those things again? I would. I think this stuff is so amazing. What God has done with us is just incredible. Okay, so I'm a cognitive neuroscientist and I go around the world teaching and preaching about how the brain is basically catching up with the Bible, or brain science, I should say, is catching up with the Bible, and how science is God's creation, so science should be in the church, and everything about science should be taught in the church, because God made science, in fact, our bodies are science, the world we live in is science, so understanding the science and function of our body and the world we live in is pretty much admiring God. So I love to make the link between the two, and if you had told me 10 years ago that I would have been doing this now, I would have said, no, you're crazy, because I was in the world of therapy and academics and research and lecturing and working in a very secular world, even though I've been a Christian since I was very young, grew up as a Christian and dedicated my life at nine and then again at 18, and I've been water baptized and speaking in tongues since I was 18. So, I mean, I've grown up in this world, but still I was in a world where God was not really acknowledged. And I got very challenged by many scientists, and I still to this day get very challenged by many scientists to say, how can you believe in, in God and believe in science? And I said, well, how can you not? Because God made science. You know, they keep saying this bang and then this and then the great the big bang, and they keep going back to this makes that and that makes that. Who made the the thing that makes the thing that makes the thing that makes the thing that they keep on going back to. You know, we've got to have a look at what we, what we are saying out there in science. It's pretty crazy. So the world is digging around all over the place trying to find answers as we know. And one of the things that fascinates me every time I read a new scientific book um, on the fields that I'm interested in, which is neuroscience and quantum physics and all that kind of thing, that's what I do for leisure. And I know it sounds totally nerdy, but really, that's, I just admire God so much through science. So for me, it's a lot of fun to see how he, he actually almost, not in a horrible way, but he almost tricks scientists because they keep thinking, now we've got it. Now we've got the gene myth. Now we can, now we identify genes. We've, we've, we've overcome God, the God myth. And now we found the Higgs boson, God, the God particle. Now we found when people are um, thinking about God, these areas of the brain light up. So these areas of the brain, certain areas, specifically the temple lobe where I'm pointing to now, um, is responsible for these God feelings that are all illusions. And they're forever trying to prove God doesn't exist. But bottom line is every time they find something, they find something else that takes it a little deeper. So, you know, God will reveal his truths through the world and he'll use them to draw people in because we are in a time in history where 25% of atheist scientists are becoming Christians. 
It's never happened before. That's huge. So as we get more into understanding God's world, he is definitely drawing people in, which is just absolutely marvelous when you think of it. So basically these quantum physicists and these scientists, if you ultimately ask them what their main purpose and overall objective of their studies are, their research is, they always say that the following answer, to find out who we are and where we came from. And I always think, well, that's so stupid because we can tell them you just have to look in the Bible. You came from God and you're a child of God. I mean, this is, it's so simple. But you see, the world won't take simple for an answer. The world looks for complex because they just don't want to believe that the simple could be true. It's too simple to accept that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. It's too simple to realize that when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will experience a peace that transcends all understanding. It's just too simple. They keep looking for the complexity. And in the world of psychiatry and psychology and things that I moved in, they were always looking for very complex ways to help fix people's heads. And, you know, Jesus was very simple in the way he explained it. He just said, admit it, quit it, and beat it. I paraphrased it slightly, but that is pretty much what he said. Accept Jesus, admit your sin, quit your sin, and beat it with being following Jesus Christ. You know, so it's actually quite simple. And the world digs around for peace and digs around for who are we, because it's very confusing if you don't know who you are and why you're on this earth. It, it takes away your peace. So people search, as we know, for peace through lifestyle choices and through, through drinking and alcohol and money, and none of those are ever going to satisfy. We know that. We know that, but do we really know that? Do we really understand that? So then science comes along and proves that that is actually the truth. Because if you're constantly trying to accumulate the things of the world, the created, you will never fully be satisfied because what you are craving is the peace of God which transcends all understanding, which will guard your mind in Christ Jesus, which is in Philippians 4, 8, 7 and 8, 4, 7. Okay, so that's what the world is craving, and the world is craving and looking for it in the wrong places. So once again, as I've been saying, God uses brain science to prove that this is a, this is a truth. So he's, it's almost like he's saying, okay, well, if you won't accept my words, let me show you what physically happens inside of your brain. And people are fascinated with brain science. I mean, when, as soon as you have someone saying neuroscience, it's like, wow, you know, that's God. You know, it's like so, so amazing, and it is amazing, but they are working. A lot of the brain scientists are worshipping the created instead of the creator who made the brain in the first place because a person who's dead, that brain is just a lump of flesh. So when you're awake and alive, your brain, or, and even when you're sleeping, but when you're alive and not dead, there's activity happening in that brain. So Job 32.8 talks about is the breath of life is breathed into us and we come alive. And that breath of life is from God. And that breath of life, when we access and use it correctly, we will experience a different level of living. And yes, I know you know the scriptures, and I, yes, I know you come to church, and yes, I know you read your Bible, I hope, and meditate on the scriptures, but are you doing it sufficiently? Are you living connected? Are you taking what you learn in church and in the Bible into your daily life? Are you letting the peace of God transcend the issues of your day? Because your day is filled with events and circumstances that you cannot control, as I love to t always make that statement, and you cannot control the events and circumstances of your life. Life, but you can control your reactions to those events and circumstances of life. And the way you control your actions, your reactions, I should say, which will produce your actions and your words, is very much based 
on what you really are fundamentally believing inside of your life. What is going on in your head? What are you basing your choices on? You're a thinking being. You think all day long. You're always thinking. You're even thinking at night when you are sleeping. But at nighttime, it's kind of a sorting process, which is why we dream. During the day, it's a building process. So you're always thinking, and thinking always leads to choosing. And choosing always leads to a physical change inside of the human brain because controls matter and when you have this physical change in the human brain that human your human brains are designed to control our body so therefore everything about your thinking and choosing will impact on your physical develop your physical functioning as well as on your spiritual development research is showing that when people are peaceful and calm and are not anxious and fretful and worried and worked up and whatever all that negative stuff their whole brain goes into high mode. And when I talk about high mode, the immune system of the body, the cardiovascular system, every circuit, every structure of the hundred structures of the brain, every chemical um, flow, every part of the biochemistry, every single thing about how you function physically improves and gets better when you are in a state of peace. Your heart is connected to your brain. Your heart controls every single cell in your body. The people that were here this week heard me say, and this is totally fascinating, every single cell in your body, every single cell, I'm talking from the tip of your head to the tip of your toes, is connected to your brain and and are, are, are connected to your brain and are connected to your heart. Every cell in your body has a cell membrane. Every cell membrane vibrates at a certain frequency. And the and the, your heart controls the frequency of that vibration. And your heart control is controlled by what is going on in your head. And your head is controlled by what is going on in your mind. And your mind is controlled by what is going on in your spirit. And your spirit is controlled by the Holy Spirit when you make the decision to be plugged into Christ. You cannot have peace flooding in that direction from Holy Spirit to spirit to soul to body unless you are plugged into the peace of Christ. And I know you're studying peace at the moment with with Pastor Dave and Cheryl, and that is why I'm focusing this particular talk around the concept of peace, because peace is essential to us making decent decisions. You cannot live life without wisdom. Wisdom will not come unless you are peaceful. And that is proved scientifically. When someone's mind is in chaos, you have neurochemical chaos in the biochemistry of your brain, which means your body, which means your heart as well. When you have chaos in your thoughts, you're going to have electrical chemical chaos as well as neurochemical chaos. 75 to 98% of current mental and physical illnesses today come from what we are thinking about. For those of you that have never seen me or heard me before on the stage, you'll see a Halloween tree that I found in a shop in Dallas. Okay, it represents a toxic thought. Okay, it represents something negative. And this side represents the healthy, the green healthy thoughts on this side. And this little one is you and the bigger one is God. The way this works is that you are a thinking being made in God's image. You think, you choose, and you build. Your thinking changes matter. Your thinking changes physical substance. Your thinking 
is creative. You have a creative force in your brain that produces proteins. Proteins group together and they, they work with the chemicals and you grow physical substance in your brain. Moment by moment of every day, you are changing the landscape of your brain. You are changing the design of your brain by the thoughts that you are thinking, which is impacting how you physically feel. You design for this. The scientists call it wired for love. And this is the opposite of love. This is the fear zone. Love zone, normal zone, made in God's image zone. This is your default mode. This is where you should be operating. You are designed to think well, choose well, experience the peace of God, and live above your circumstances as a victor. That is your design. That is your destiny. Isn't that a great destiny? You should be rejoicing. That is your destiny. This sentence I have just said now, you should be processing into your brain, meditating on, and living from that. Because as you're in life, here in the middle, you're in life. That is your destiny. But you have the ability to choose. God has graced you with the ability to choose. But he tells us, if you choose wrong, you will step out of alignment with him. And you will step in alignment with the fear zone, which is the enemy zone, which is the lack of peace zone, which is the crazy zone, the zone where we just lose it, where there is no hope, where we make stupid decisions, where wisdom is not operating, where scientists say that we come from a monkey or we come from a big bang or we're growing from this or we come from a fish or God doesn't exist. This is the crazy zone. I'm not saying that you're saying that, but this is the crazy zone that produces all the crazy things of the world. This is not your norm. When someone tells you it's normal to be depressed, it's normal to have anxiety, it's normal to experience fear, well, let me tell you, it's not. Read your Bible. God said, think on these things in Philippians 4, 8, good, pure, wonderful, holy. I'm just paraphrasing slightly. God said, do not fear, do not have anxiety. God said, don't do those things. God says, choose a life so that you and your descendants may live. Deuteronomy 30, 19. God said, this is your norm, made in his image. Nowhere in your or my Bible does it say that God is a God of fear. Okay, it says God is a God of love. When we talk about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about honoring the, the greatness of God. But fear and love are two opposite spiritual forces. This is the truth. God put you in a physical body, in a physical world that, by the way, only operates on principles of love. When we do something wrong, to when you, when you do make a wrong choice, you mess up the way your body functions. Your body's not designed for that. But because the law God has put in place of thinking and choosing, and cr- which, which creates life, when you think and choose, you create life, you will create either healthy life or you will create toxic life. In other words, your thinking grows these physical things. So you have to choose what you're going to do because it's going to result in something. This does not produce the peace of God. So we are in this zone and we're in this world and we're in these events and you've got to make choices moment by moment of every day. When you get out of this church, you're going to make a choice about how you're going to react to whatever happens in the rest of your day. And you can react badly or you can react positively. You can choose to follow God or not. And I know I'm emphasizing a point, but we get out there and we forget all about this. And we slip into toxic patterns that we have laid down in our minds. And we start reacting out of the peace and out of the wisdom of God. So science is just a fabulous way of understanding this. So let me tell you what happens when we stay in this zone. Let me tell you how God has designed you. He, you know what a Sabbath is. This is the Sabbath today. Okay, The Sabbath is when we basically cease from our um, daily activities of work, etc. And we focus in and re- and rest in God, and we connect with God, and we relax, and we have fun, and we switch off, and we basically let, let the peace of God that transcends all understanding flood our being. Well, that's what we're supposed to be doing. 
That's what we're supposed to be doing because God instructs us to do that. You need a day where you switch off to the world and you basically switch on and let him revive, reboot, and regenerate you. Well, he's also designed your brain to have a Sabbath. Your brain has, has to go into a Sabbath, which is a cessation from the busyness of life and an inward-looking focus on the inward man that you are, the, which is the true you, your spiritual part of you. You are designed, hear this, to have a Sabbath more or less every seven seconds. Now, when I found that out, I was totally and utterly fascinated. I hope you are too, because the Sabbath occurs more or less every seventh day, but every seven seconds, more or less in your brain, you are supposed to be going into like a sort of introspective reboot, reconnect with the spiritual part of you person. Did you even know that? Did anyone here know that? It's amazing. And what they found is that if you don't do that, you will have chaos in the physical structures of your brain, which will produce chaos in how you run your day, the things you say, the things that you do. So many years ago, it's actually not that many years ago that they discovered this stuff, um, but it was a few years back they discovered this, the fact that we have to go into this internal Sabbath. Of course, they don't call it the Sabbath. I call it the Sabbath of the brain because it follows the same principles. What they initially called this was dark energy. Isn't that weird? They called this thing that the brain goes into this kind of, initially it was called a resting state and then it was called dark energy because it didn't make sense with the current philosophy of the brain at the time, which was that... Your brain, brain basically is getting worse as you get older, and once there's damage, it can't be, it can't change, and that your um, that your brain, when when you basically are a victim of your biology, and your your genes control everything, and whatever comes through the past, you're a victim of that, and totally hopeless viewpoint of the brain, totally hopeless that you couldn't really stimulate the brain to change. So when they found this incredible, high energy, powerful action happening inside of the brain every few seconds, they first initially said it was this mind-wandering, negative dark energy, waste of time, not doing anything. So, And that is what scientists tend to do. When they don't understand something, they always kind of relegate it to a kind of like not, not, an, not something important. And then research happens and God reveals more things and suddenly they say, oh, by the way, we made a mistake. It's no longer called dark energy. It's no longer called resting energy. It's no longer this nothing. It's actually vital to our function. It is a vital part of how we function as human beings. If we don't reboot our system every few seconds, we've got a major problem in how we're going to function. In fact, we will start manifesting with lack of peace, anxiety, depression, worry, sickness, all kinds of stuff, mental and physical illness, if we don't go into this reboot stage. Interesting, a few years back when they discovered the whole, um, when they were doing the, identifying the gene, the genome, the human genome, se- doing the ge- I can't get it out this morning, the genome sequence project when they were um, sequencing the human genome, they only identified th- uh, around about 3%. So they said that 97% of the human genome was junk DNA. God never made junk and never made dark energy. God made amazing stuff. Everything about you is amazing. Now they say, oh, no, it's not junk DNA anymore. It's actually vitally important. That 97% is like a language, like a communication that drives the 3%. So the 97 is actually more important than the 3. And we've been saying, well, not we, the scientists have been saying for many years that the 3% is, is like God. Meanwhile, 
and the rest is junk. I mean, there's a, can you hear what I'm saying? That science, you, you've got to be careful how science is a fantastic way of understanding God, but you've got to be careful about the way that the media will reinterpret science and we'll get all these things coming through, these gene myths, the way that they describe evolution, the way that they will say things like um, there's a gene for this and there's a gene for alcoholism and there's a gene for that and you have no hope and all this kind of stuff. So we've got to be careful that we, that we don't misinterpret. We also have to realize that progress happens. So we learn certain things now, and then things change. So in terms of def- the, in terms of, let's have a look here at the at the first slide. Oops, we've got the wrong slide show up here. Let me just quickly show you a slide of the. Okay, it's disappeared. We're not going to be able to use that slide show. I do apologise. The wrong one is up here, but I'm going to show you this particular slide here. I want to show you an amazing slide of moving through the inside of your brain. Now, when I talk about you going into your Sabbath every few seconds. It's called, it's run, it's a bunch of networks. Now, if you have a look at the slide up on the screen over here, this is a slide of a slice through the brain and of you actually moving through the brain. Don't worry, I'm just going to use the slide so it's no problem. Okay, now this is when I say that you think and you choose and you build your own networks. Basically, what's happening is what you're seeing up there, those are the thoughts inside of your brain that you build. This is the physical real estate that I'm talking about. about. Your brain occupies mental real estate. Your thoughts occupy mental real estate. So what you're seeing over there are actual thoughts that you build, the thoughts that Jesus Christ is bringing to captivity to Christ Jesus. Every seven seconds, we have, to, we have to go literally inside our head and sort out what is going on with the thoughts that we are building, which are based on the decisions that we are making. Now, as we, I said earlier on that your thoughts pretty much, I was speaking about the gene code a few moments ago. Now, your thinking influences the way your, your genes function. So what you're seeing up there are your chromosomes, which are inside the depth of your cell, of your cells, and then there's the DNA. Your thinking controls that. The majority of the way that your DNA expresses to produce the life that is inside of you is based on the thoughts inside of your head. Okay, so we've been saying that a lot. So you are very God has given you this powerful mind that can influence how these genes express. Why is this so important? When genes express, they make proteins. All the physical part of you is based on genetic expression. Okay? When you are lacking in peace, the signal that you generate will, will cause a negative, um, a negative signal to hit the DNA, and you basically will express these proteins that are all distorted, so you will build these toxic thoughts. By going into our default mode network, which is a bunch of networks that circle, that literally, um, there's a hundred structures inside of the brain, and there's all these networks inside of the brain that are like firing pathways that cross the hundred structures of the brain. It's like an orchestra, as I was explaining yesterday, and the orchestra is run by a conductor. So to get a great sound, you have to have a great conductor. So the default mode network, DMN, is the DMN is the conductor of the orchestra. And when the orchestra is conduct, when the conductor is conducting the orchestra well, the sound that is produced will be beautiful. It will be a lovely, wonderful sound to is not a, a screeching sound like a cat's fighting in the alley at night or something like that. I mean, sometimes when they're tuning up in an orchestra, it sounds like that. Okay, so what happens is that when we shift into our default mode network, those net the, D, the, the conduct of the orchestra, the DMN, organizes all those networks to flow like it should. When that happens, what they immediately find, what the research has shown, is that your immune system function increases. In, the immune system functions 
fights disease, fights any illness in your body, fights is when your immune system is strong, you physically become stronger. Your cardiovascular system, which is pretty much your heart and all your blood flowing through your body, that improves in its function. You, you look different. Every system of your body responds positively when the default mode network is allowed to is allowed to function properly. Now, what they've also found is that when people go into this, this switching off to the external world and switching on to the internal world of the default mode network, what happens there is that it's almost as though people connect to a spiritual domain. It's, like, it's almost as though they are connecting to the true you, the true nature of who you are. The scientists battle to explain it, so they've done research on Buddhist monks that are meditating and what they've, as well as Christians that are, that are meditating on God. And what they find is that when people do this calming down, switching off to the external, getting introspective, doing the self-reflection, their brain starts firing in such a way that it produces incredible wisdom. How do they know that? What they've also done are studies where they've looked at people that are in a high intellectual state, that are studying something, that are um, speaking great words of wisdom, that are really functioning at a high intellectual level, and they've looked at what the brain does in that state. Then they have compared that state to people that are in this meditative state where they go into this default mode network where wisdom and and, um, peace and all that kind of thing are being literally infused into you by the Holy Spirit, and it produces the same kind of intellectual pattern in the brain. So we know that when we shift into this, we switch off to the world, we know that we're connecting to God. God says, if you need wisdom, then ask him for it, and he will give it to you. When we talk about the peace of God, which transcends understanding, and it will guard your mind in Christ Jesus, what the science is showing is that if we don't have this peace, you have this chaos. So they are finding if they compare someone who's a Buddhist versus someone who is worshiping Jesus Christ, they find that the peace, the changes in the brain are even more dynamic, even more positive, even more intellectual, even greater than the person who's just meditating, like a Buddhist monk, because they're just meditating, they're not focusing on Jesus Christ. What I am saying is that when you, with your mind, learn how to switch off to the external world, and what it is, it's quite simply the following. It is not being overreactive. It is not speaking too fast. It is not just jumping in and and thinking those thoughts. It is actually saying, Lord, help me, moment by moment of every day. Help me to focus in on you. It's trusting the Lord with all your heart. It's relying not on your own understanding. It is making a decision that, that you will be practicing the presence of God, praying continuously. It is making a decision that in every situation that you are in, that you desperately cry to God to say, God, guide my every single thought. It is plugging into God and saying, God, I know I can choose. I know you've given me free will. I know I can create, but I need you to guide me. Those actions, when you do that kind of stuff, because the scientists have asked these people when they're meditating, what are you saying in your head? What are the prayers that you're praying? And people are praying those prayers. They're saying, Lord, guide my thinking. Lord, guide my decision. Lord, take over my mind. If you just say those words, it doesn't take you more than a few seconds to say those words. You activate the default mode network. You connect to your Savior. You let your mind understand what the intuition of your spirit already knows. And the wisdom of Christ will pour through you. And you will start shifting into a much higher function. And you will start letting the Holy Spirit lead you in everything that you do. This sometimes sounds like an impossible task, and that's why I use science to help you. But if you are desperate enough for God and you...
desperate enough to change the way that you are running your life. God has given you the Holy Spirit, the Word, Jesus Christ, and He's also given you a physical brain that you can, and, and a mind that you are, that's in your face, for want of a better word. You can't get away from the fact that you are you and you're thinking and you, you live in this physical body and you have these reactions. You are all over you. Do you get what I'm saying? Learn to listen to your mind. What are you thinking? What is your body doing? When you make bad choices and you move in that zone, you physically feel different. You don't feel good. You feel your body can sometimes even feel fluy and, and weird and your adrenaline's pumping and your heart is pounding and your muscles are tensing and all kinds of physical reactions occur in our body. And that is God's shaking your shoulders and saying, hey, use your body. Use your mind to connect back to me. Listen, learn to listen to the signals coming from your physical body, which is part of your triune being, to guide your mind. Because when you don't, when your mind is all over the place, your body's going to react because mind changes matter. Your mind controls your brain, your brain controls your body, not the other way around, like the world and the new age world tells us, the new age system tells us it's the other way around. So when you do that, when you just say simple words like, Lord, help me, plug in, when you connect it to the vine, when you, you know what the scriptures say when you connect it to the vine you will experience life and life pours through you so it's so simple as I said in the beginning the message is profound science is profound but if you want to find the peace of Christ God has given you all the brain structures and the systems and the networks and I've just introduced you very briefly to a couple of these concepts today but he has designed you to guide you to reach him. He has designed your brain function and your body function in such a way that it serves you. It is there to serve you, not to control you, like the world tells us. So you need to be desperate for a touch from God. You need to be like the woman with the issue of blood. You know the story of the woman with the issue of blood? We all know that story. How does that relate to the peace of God? Well, let me tell you the story and let's, let's just see how this links up. Pretty much this woman was very ill, as we know. She had been sick for 12 years. She had been bleeding for 12 years. She was in pain. She was in agony. She was not only physically in agony, but she was also mentally in her soul, her intellect, her will, and her emotions. She would have been traumatized going through mental torture because in those days when, when it was your t- that time of the month, the woman had to move out of the camp. They had to move away from people. They, had to, they could not talk to men. So that was okay if it was for a few days, but this has been 12 years. We are humans. We are designed for relationship. We are designed to be entangled in each other's lives. We, we are designed to be connected with each other. We, by bouncing our, our love off each other and sharing with each other and laughing together, we grow. As it says in Ephesians 4.16, the different parts of the body are designed to basically grow together and to enhance each other. We're not designed to be isolated. We're not designed to be away from people. God created us primarily for relationship with him. So that is built into how we function. This woman was alone, rejected. If she was married, she no longer had a husband. If she had children and friends, which I'm sure she did have, she had, a, she had enough money to go to many doctors. She had spent all her money. So she was most likely a happily married woman with a lot of money, with a family, with friends, with a life. Now she had nothing. She was eating the scraps of the table, of the of people's table. She was, she was a reject of society. 
I'm emphasizing a point, but anyone who's a reject of society, let me tell you, there's a lot of toxic trees in their brain. Their soul's in a bad place. Their body's in a, in a bad place physically. Very likely her illness was increasing by the level of her rejection that she was experiencing. And her spiritual development may, may not have been growing. But there was something different about this woman because most people in this situation would have just given up. Okay, and, and we see that people give up easily. Historically, statistically, we see that most people give up changing within three to four days. Okay, most people start changing something three or four days into changing. They give up. This is why most of us are still the same as we are now as we were five years ago, a year ago, six months ago. And it shouldn't be like that because the instruction of the word is seek after perfection as he is perfect. You can't seek after perfection if your mind is not filled with peace. And you have to be desperate for a touch from God in order to believe that the peace of God will transcend your understanding of life. You have to be desperate and not look at the circumstances through your eyes, but through the eyes of God. You have to build up a desperation, and then the peace of God will flood you. And then you will activate your default mode correctly. But you can start that process by, as I said, saying, God, help me. Practice the presence of God. Pray continuously. Somehow this woman was doing something something like that, because one day she heard about a man called Jesus. And the minute she heard about the man called Jesus who healed people, she didn't just think, oh, well, that's another nice story, and, you know, I'm so sorry for myself. And she didn't do that. Something leapt inside of her. Her spirit leapt inside of her. Your spirit is your intuition, your communion, and your conscience. Her communion, her worship, her connection with, this, with God was awakened her intuition, where the Holy Spirit speaks to our intuition and lays down truth, the knowing in our knower, for want of another way of explaining it. Her intuition was leaping. Her conscience was activated that this is where truth is. This is the right way. The spiritual part of her was just fired up. And I believe truly that the reason that it fired up so much was because she was so desperate to get out of her circumstance. She was so desperate and, in aw and aware of the fact that the way that she was living her life was not truth. She didn't just give up. She didn't just become a victim. And that desperation for a better life made her um, vulnerable in a good way to truth. It made her hear with ears. Okay? We don't want to be like it says in the Word of God that they don't have ears to hear. We don't want those ears. We want her ears that in the, in, despite the troubles that she was in, she was still able to hear a joyous message. And your default mode network puts you in that state. The Sabbath of your brain creates a state of listening inside of your brain so that you can control your DNA like you saw the slide over there, that you can build the right thoughts in your brain, that you can do the right thing. She was doing that. How do I know? Well, I know from the rest of the story because the rest of the story wouldn't have worked if she didn't have that level of desperation, if she didn't have the ears to hear, if somehow she wasn't going in her default mode network. Sure, she didn't know about that then, but God designed it so he knew about that. Okay, So she was doing something, and I really believe it was a desperation for this is not my life. There is something more. Despite the circumstances, I'm going to keep on seeking. How desperate are you for that? How desperate are you to rise above the circumstances of your life and truly seek the peace of Christ? She was so desperate that she didn't mind putting the veil over her face and creeping in the crowd that day. That doesn't sound scary. 
But it is scary because in that time and that age, if you as a woman bleeding, were crept in the crowd and spoke to a man, let alone touch his hem, your, your death sentence was on you immediately. And that was owned to death. When a woman spoke to a man in that state, she was stoned to death. Girls, I'm so glad we don't have that anymore. Okay, but that was what she was facing. She was desperate beyond the fear of being killed by stones, and it was a painful and horrible way to die. It didn't happen fast. It was awful, unless someone knocked you out quickly with a big rock. It was not a pleasant thing to happen. She didn't care about that because she was so desperate, and she heard truth. And she crept in the crowd, and she touched the hem of his garment. And as she touched the hem of his garment, the healing power of God fired through God, through her body. And hear this, her body was healed. And then Jesus stopped, and he turned around, and he said, who touched me? Guys, Jesus was God. Do you think he didn't know who touched him? Have you ever thought about that? Of course he knew who touched him. I mean, Peter was having a bad hair day that day, so he said, I don't know, everyone's touching you, there's everyone's. And he had a fit about this whole thing, got totally irritated with Jesus. And Jesus said, who touched me? Because he was trying to teach us a lesson 2,000 years later, and his grumpy Peter and his disciples and all the people around him, that there is something more going on here than what meets the eye. The peace of God transcends our understanding. This woman hadn't received all her healing yet. Her physical body was healed. She felt that because the bleeding stopped and the pain stopped and the power of God zapped through her from, from, the, Holy, from the Holy Spirit, through Jesus, through his garment into her body. But she, you are spirit, soul, and body. Her spirit had connected with God, so there was stuff happening in her spirit, because otherwise she wouldn't have been so desperate. But her mind wasn't sorted out yet. Her soul realm was still filled with these things. And if you keep these things, you put your physical brain and body in a state of vulnerability to illness. If she didn't get her soul healed, she would have been... Good chance, 75 to 98% chance that she would have been sick again because research shows that 75 to 98% of current mental, physical, and behavioral illnesses today come from our thought life. So Jesus stopped, turned to her, reached out, and said, My daughter, with such love, the love of Christ poured through him, through his spirit, through his soul, through his eyes, into her body, and her spirit, soul, and body connected, and she was healed in totality, spirit, soul, and body. Let's stand. I'm going to pray for you. As you're standing, my question to you again is, how desperate are you to apply the scientific truths that allow you to shift into your default mode network? I believe the main purpose of the default mode network is to teach us to pray continuously because the science is showing when we access this introspective, self-reflective, going inside, switching off to the external and switching on and desperately seeking for Christ, our brain and every system of our body moves into a higher, healthier function. And when you feel physically good and mentally good it is so much easier to hear the word of God thanks so much for listening to the Coastal Church audio podcast we hope that today's message has inspired you to live a life fully devoted to following Christ be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch listen or share this message for more information go to coastalchurch.org